Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hey there, my name's Michael Laminato, and this is Race Day at the 2023 British Grand Prix on Pit Pass F1. Pit Pass F1 is brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts, and on today's episode, Max Verstappen gets a run for his money, even if only briefly, from Lando Norris on a sensational day for McLaren. Norris and teammate Oscar Piastri proved McLaren's gains were real, with a superb race to second and fourth, a double podium denied by Lewis Hamilton only thanks to a badly timed safety car. But pleasure for McLaren was pain for some other regular frontrunners, with Aston Martin and Ferrari both slogging through muted afternoons to minor points. To talk us through a Sunday that has us rethinking the order at the front of the field, it's over to your host in Silverstone, Chris Medland. Hello everyone, Chris Medland with you to reflect on the race here at Silverstone. And it promised to be a cracker, and in some ways, I think it delivered. I'm not sure everybody was a huge fan of the way the race panned out, but I think this was a a pretty good one, given some of the unexpected developments that we got from it. Uh, The first one came at the very, very start of the race. Max Verstappen losing the lead off the line. Uh, Lando Norris getting ahead of him into Turn 1 and keeping that lead for a while, and Oscar Piastri attacking him as well uh, in the first few corners. The pair went side by side towards Cops, and... You didn't know who was going to come out on top when it's, you know, as we've seen in the past, can be a tricky corner to race through, certainly early in a race when there's a lot riding on it. But uh, Verstappen held on at that point and then closed down Norris, overtook him with four laps gone. And you thought, well, that's that. He'll disappear into the distance. But none of it. Uh, Norris really did keep Verstappen honest for quite a spell. He managed to use the DRS to stay within range of the Red Bull uh, and keep the pressure on slightly. And that was really really impressive from McLaren just to have that pace at the start of that stint but they retained it quite clearly the second quickest car today the McLaren which is a huge step forward of course that's what we'd seen from the qualifying performance but the last time there was a really standout McLaren qualifying performance that had caught us out really was Barcelona and on that occasion the team really faded in the race Lando Norris made contact with Lewis Hamilton and ended up outside the points but Uh, the car pace just wasn't quick anyway so there were some fears among McLaren that going into this race they would suffer the same fate and struggle to pick up too many points from it and they were just hoping to get a solid result out of it having had both cars starting in the top three but very soon into the race it became clear that they were just quick enough to stay exactly where they were and had the race run cleanly I'm pretty certain I'd be sat here talking to you about a double McLaren podium which would have been a remarkable result in the end things didn't go quite so smoothly. A safety car was needed because Kevin Magnussen stopped on track and the timing of that was after Oscar Piastri had made his pit stop and at the time Lewis Hamilton was running long uh, having a good first stint as he was trying to make some progress. Mercedes looked quicker than Ferrari but not quite quick enough to get moves done on track so needed to try and do something differently with strategy Uh, and the folks have been on George Russell and Charles Leclerc but Hamilton ran longer 
and then with the safety car timing was able to make a free pit stop essentially and emerge in third place behind Verstappen and Norris. This is where there was a bit of tension because Norris had been saying to McLaren he wanted to use a soft tyre to the end of the race having used the medium at the start uh, and how long a number of drivers had gone that seemed like a good call. George Russell had actually started on the soft tyre and taken it well into the first stint so uh, it did look like the soft would hold up in the conditions that we had, which were mainly overcast. We'd had a few spots of rain, but nothing to really trouble anybody. Uh, so Norris was keen on the soft. McLaren thought, no, that's a bit bit too risky for us and went for the hard tyre. But the safety car was out for a long time and there was less than 15 laps to go when it restarted. So it felt like the soft was the tyre to be on. That's what Hamilton had gone for. That's what Verstappen had gone for. That's what pretty much everyone had gone for with a choice to pit under the safety car. And Norris thought it was going to be a sitting duck, but he got heat into his tyres very quickly and was able to hold off Hamilton in the end comfortably. It was, it was tense for a few laps after the restart, but then he pulled away and Hamilton had no answer for him. And at the same time, Oscar Piastri was now in fourth place. Uh, it's so unfortunate to lose out on third to Hamilton through that pit stop phase with the safety car, but he too had to hold off George Russell on softer tyres. Russell was actually on the mediums at that point, and he did it so calmly. Uh, Piastri was on the hards, was just quicker, pulled away from Russell, and then even closed in on Hamilton. He was within a second uh, across the line on the final lap, but he had to settle for fourth place. And bittersweet result for Piastri because it would have been his first podium uh, and it would have been just reward for a cracking drive. Uh, he just looked so at home at the front. The way he fought Verstappen was really impressive, but just the way that he had the pace to match Norris uh, really did stand out. So a very, very good performance from Piastri, but Norris gets the headlines for McLaren with second place uh, and having kept Verstappen honest for parts of the first part of the race, even Verstappen himself said he wasn't expecting that. So uh, a really, really standout performance from McLaren, backing up the form they showed in Austria with the upgraded car. More upgrades to come as well. And it does now look like we kind of have five teams that are fighting at the front. Red Bull are clear, but then the next four being Mercedes, Ferrari, McLaren and Aston Martin are all fighting to be best of the rest. So it's a pretty thrilling prospect actually moving into the next part of the season. Now I said yesterday that Alpine would be nervous after qualifying, having seen the McLarens qualify so far up and only getting one car into Q3 themselves, Esteban Ocon dropping out in Q2. And they would have been right to be because they ended up failing to score with both cars retiring. And that leaves them now some 12 points behind McLaren in the Constructors' Championship. It has flipped around instantly in one race, given the big score that McLaren have enjoyed. Uh, yeah, a really tough day for Alpine. We didn't really get to see them have a proper run at the race, to be fair. Uh, both cars retiring, Espan Ocon early with a hydraulic issue, and then Pierre Gasly was fighting over the final points with Lance Stroll and contact that Stroll got a penalty for uh, meant that Gasly had to park it with some damage. So uh, that was kind of unfortunate. We did, though, have Ferrari get a more proper run at the race, and that also wasn't great. I wouldn't have said Ferrari were nervous heading into this race. Quite the opposite, starting fourth and fifth with Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz. I think they were expecting to be right in the fight for the podium and could potentially get ahead of McLaren, who we were all expecting, I think, just to not quite have the race pace to match maybe Ferrari and even Mercedes. But obviously with McLaren pulling away, it was suddenly a more defensive race for Ferrari and they just didn't have strong defence. Uh, Leclerc was under pressure from George Russell pretty much throughout. Russell had made a good start on the soft tyre, going for a different strategy, got ahead of Sainz uh, on the opening lap and, and kind of put Sainz's rearview mirror. It was never threatened by him again. And then with the way that the strategies played out, that meant uh, Russell could get ahead of Leclerc as well with a great move. 
uh, around the outside after his pit stop. So that was um, that was quite exciting to watch, but it did almost seem inevitable with the pace that he was showing. And Ferrari had chosen to go with the medium tyre at the start, then the hard tyre. They pit both their drivers early because they were struggling slightly, which explains why they wanted to use the hard, but then the safety car timing was unfortunate for them, but they just never looked like uh, they were in a position that they were going to move forward from there anyway. Uh, and with uh, Leclerc on the hards, he was struggling so much that he used the safety car to make an extra pit stop and get onto a set of softs. That made him a bit more competitive, but they were just so out of position partly because of slow pace, partly because of strategy choices, and partly because of the uh, unfortunate timing of the safety car, and just could not recover. Um, Carlos Sainz was left out on the same set of hard tyres he had been on and slipped backwards. He dropped all the way to 10th uh, just to pick up a single point. Leclerc got ahead of him, uh, but couldn't make any further progress and end up 9th. So just three points for Ferrari. And when I say it was actually a pretty poor day for Aston Martin as well, they were struggling. Uh, and for Fernando Alonso to finish 7th, meant that Aston Martin still outscored Ferrari and and that's a real blow so I, I'm not sure we're going to see quite that same level of performance at every race uh, and we do have a, a crazy battle for second in the Constructors' Championship based on these swings of performance so I don't think Ferrari will worry too much about McLaren yet but a race or two more like this and they'll have to that gap will come down pretty quickly uh, for, uh, McLaren now being right in that mix means that Ferrari, Mercedes and Aston Martin have a little bit more to think about because it's harder to pick up big points. But over the last four races, there's basically been four different teams that have been the closest challenger to Red Bull. It was Mercedes in Barcelona, then it was Aston Martin in Canada, then it was Ferrari in Austria, and then it was McLaren here in Silverstone. So you can't really call who's going to be closest to Max Verstappen, but all we do know is it's normally going to be Max Verstappen walking away and winning. And at this point, I should point out that it was the 11th straight victory for Red Bull. Uh, a very, very impressive stat. The last time they didn't win a race was when George Russell won in Brazil last year. And that matches a record uh, held by McLaren. So it's uh, it's pure dominance right now from Red Bull, but they're executing so well, certainly with Verstappen's car. And sometimes you just have to take your hat off to them. Now, speaking of taking your hat off to someone, uh, I'm going to take mine off to Williams, metaphorically, because they've been so impressive recently. Upgraded the car in Canada. Alex Albon got the upgrade there, and they threw everything at that new power unit, got points in Canada. And all the focus had been on about taking that opportunity. But then in Austria, they were quick again. Uh, probably should have had points, actually, and didn't take that opportunity, didn't maximise the potential of the car. Uh, and the strategy kind of let them down in the sprint and dropped them out of the points, and then they couldn't recover in the race either. But coming to Silverstone, another track they thought would suit them, but maybe not as heavily as Canada. Uh, and it truly did. Uh, the car was very, very impressive. Both drivers looked quick throughout Saturday, as I'd mentioned yesterday. But then in the race, with Albon starting in the top 10, Logan Sargent a little bit outside, it looked like it might be a bit of a scrap to kind of hold on where they were. Instead, Albon went forward and there was a point late in the race where Albon was up to 8th place and he was closing down Fernando Alonso on the same strategy. He'd made a stop a lap earlier, I believe, than Alonso, so had slightly older tyres and was quicker. And he put the pressure on Alonso. He then had Leclerc behind him putting pressure on two and was able to hold him off. And one, it was a testament to how well Albon is driving. But two, it was a sign of how strong the Williams is. And Sargent was backing that up. Sargent moved forward in the race as well. Got himself up to 12th place, just outside the points. He was only a few seconds behind Sainz in 10th. 
but he had Lance Stroll in between him and Sainz. And Stroll had his penalty, which meant he did drop behind Sargent in the final classification, Sargent finishing 11th, but also having two cars to clear to get into the points was just a bit too much to ask. So, um, uh, yeah, very strong race also from Sargent, but I think that also reflects on just how good Williams have been recently. Uh, and that's put the team up to 7th in the Constructors' Championship, ahead of Haas on countback because both teams are on 11 points. And Williams think they can stay there. And right now, it's hard to argue with them because they certainly look like they can make a case for being the 6th or 7th quickest team. Now, just to close today's podcast and this weekend, it's been a a pretty impressive one in terms of the size of the event at Silverstone. Uh, With my accent, you might think I'm biased, but luckily enough to go to most races and see some big, big Grand Prix weekends. And Silverstone was right up there this year. 160,000 people in at the circuit for race day. And it was a star-studded event. We had some huge names there. I mentioned Damien Lewis doing that weird set yesterday in the paddock. Well, he sang the national anthem today. Um, And he wasn't alone. Uh, Sam Ryder, who was part of the uh, British Eurovision setup a few years ago and did the national anthem a year ago, was still there as a guest because people want to keep coming back. But Cara Delevingne was there. Obviously, the F1 film filming meant some huge names there for that too. Uh, it was a very, very impressive show that was put on in the middle of Northamptonshire around a disused airfield. It's remarkable. It's not the glitz and glamour of Monaco, but it's getting the same sort of names. And it feels like every race is a bit like this now. So Formula 1 really is riding the crest of a wave, and it's very impressive to see. It's a bit of a shame we don't have the battle at the front for victories that maybe would take it to another level, but... Uh, some of the other racing is is thrilling and as Lewis Hamilton did say after today's race having picked up his third place he thinks it's the most exciting time in F1 he's known because the new regulations are clearly closing the field up and Red Bull's advantage isn't huge but the rest of the teams are all in the mix there multiple teams can target points names that you thought were going to be struggling and finishing last in the championship are able to get in the fight for the top 10 and it comes down to the team executing well getting their car in the right window and then the driver's doing a good job and that's exactly how F1 should be so in that sense it's in a really good place Thanks very much to Chris, who was in the Silverstone paddock all weekend, bringing us the latest from the British Grand Prix. You'll hear from Chris again later this season, but for now you can find him on social media. Just check the links in the show description. Make sure you don't miss an update from the Hungarian Grand Prix in two weeks' time by subscribing to Pit Pass F1 wherever you get your favourite podcasts, and you can visit us at pitpassmotorsports.com. While you're there, check out the new Pit Pass Motorsports blog, powered by Podium Life featuring racing articles and motorsport industry news. My name's Michael Laminato. Pit Pass F1 is an evergreen podcast. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. 
Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run, where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals that you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along The Planted Runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you.